Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different. Different. This is NOCO FM. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome all to another wonderful edition of Corbin versus the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Alba. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a brave new world we are now inhabiting. We have jumped an hour backwards in time. We have a delightful election in our belts, and Mercury is cha-cha sliding its way right into retrograde. So let us meet this brave, beautiful world with both eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Unfortunately, the rest of this segment was lost due to a production error. You can just assume it was hilarious and we'll move on. We now return to your regularly scheduled rant, already in progress. Bah! Rubs the lotion on its skin or else it eats fucking riblets. Touch screen.
Greetings. Welcome back, listeners. I am still Corbin David Albaugh. You are still listening to Corbin versus the World special midterm hangover edition. We just got done listening to tunes by House of Feelings, by Caro Caro Bonito, and by Danny L. Harl. I hope you enjoyed them very much, listeners. We could have had a very different playlist this time around. I did have a doomsday contingency plan in case of total election failure. Uh, if the Democrats did lose everything, or rather were failed to take the House uh, in the current election cycle, I had my own plan for this show. Instead of your normally scheduled Corbin versus the World program, in my time slot instead, we would hear an hour of Dave Matthews' band. And it would be specially curated by me from my own personal punishment playlist that I use when I want to feel bad about myself. If you would like to hear excerpts from my punishment music, you can find that on my SoundCloud, which I will not share with you. So moving right along, as promised, uh, I wanted to talk just a little bit about the midterms and what they mean for our lovely country and our lovely future. And then, guys, I promise, I swear, I am putting a moratorium on the politics just for a bit. We'll be talking about some other things on the show, but I feel like it's fair that we share these things in the audio realm. So, as far as the election goes, the biggest question that should be answered, that needs to be answered, um, is... Did the Democrats win? On a fundamental level, did they win the election? And the clinical answer at this point, in my opinion, is yeah, mostly. Because the fact of the matter is that the Democrats were able to successfully take the House of Representatives, which was the primary objective. Uh, From a practical political standpoint, it was important that the Democrats take the House so that there would be a political stopgap preventing the Republican Party uh, having total control of the government in all of its delightful Lex Luthor ways. Uh, So now there is no longer a legislative rubber stamp for Donald Trump and the Republicans. And so now we have found ourselves in the same place of political stagnation that we found ourselves in after the midterm elections during the Obama years. So uh, what this means moving forward is, ironically, Donald Trump is now in his most advantageous position because now he no longer has the responsibility of passing any kind of legislation because he is very close to a lame duck president, which means that now that he can't just randomly decide that Muslims can't enter the country or... I don't know, Jewish people have to wear hats or I don't, I don't know what weird things like that. You know, instead of that, he can just scale up his outrageous rhetoric, which we love so much. So we have two years of even more bullshit to look forward to. But I think the important thing about the race is staying optimistic, guys. And that is something that I have been noticing uh, the first couple days after the election, there was a lot of hand-wringing and bemoaning of the fact that we did lose the marquee races, uh, the Texas senatorial campaign, uh, Georgia's gubernatorial campaign, Florida, et cetera, et cetera. And although it is admittedly 
disappointing to lose those races. It is also very important to note that these are losses in Florida, in Georgia, in Texas. These are huge, huge deep red states, and just the fact that they were even in the conversation this year is very remarkable. Just the fact that Beto O'Rourke finished only three points behind Ted Cruz is remarkable. The fact that Beto O'Rourke said fuck on national TV is remarkable. On a related note, I now really like Beto O'Rourke, so good for him. Uh, Not to mention, we elected two female Muslim congresswomen. We elected two Native American congresswomen. There are nuggets of gold to find in the shit bog that is our national political sphere. So fear not, there are rays of hope, ladies and gentlemen. So, moving on up, we are going to continue on our magical journey through tunes. We are about to hear the song The Cool by Oso Oso. So when you fall
Greetings. Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. Hope you enjoyed those tunes. So as promised, we will not be talking about any political stuff for the rest of this episode, which is good because we have got some big, big news on the movie front. Former Breaking Bad creator Vince Gilligan has announced that there is going to be a Breaking Bad movie. As if we have not humped the bloody corpse of Walter White enough, we are bringing this baby back for more money. Fuck yeah, guys, let's do it. I'm so excited. Actually, I am pretty jazzed about a uh, Breaking Bad movie. According to Insiders, the story is going to center around Jesse and all of the wacky hijinks that he could be getting up to in the post-Breaking Bad world. So like I said, my initial thought on this is, wow, cool, I'm okay with this. I love when Aaron Paul does things. Yeah, bitch! However, I do have a couple weird, pretentious hangups that I'm going to share with you because this is my show and I can. I think the biggest concern that I have is just... It, it kind of tramples on one of my favorite memories of Breaking Bad, which is that final shot of Jesse driving the car, hysterically crying, laughing uh, with his newfound freedom. And just it's that thought of, you know, he's free to do anything that he has in that moment that you're kind of taking away by actually literally telling us what he does, because you know, I let my imagination run wild, and I had a few of my own ideas about possible shows or movies that uh, Jesse could be involved in. And guys, I gotta say real quick, uh, Mr. Vince Gilligan, I'm sure that you're listening, but just I'm speaking personally to you right now. Please be nice to Jesse. I can't believe that you're gonna give him an entire movie's worth of more shit to deal with. The poor fictional man has been through enough fictional shit. Leave it alone. I feel bad for him, and he's not real to me. That's that's how bad it is. You know, I really hope that this movie is just called Jesse Pinkman Goes to TGI Fridays and Nothing Happens for the Rest of His Life, like a Beyond Sunset type scenario. Like it's just Jesse having a conversation with a waitress played by Tia Carrera or like some shit. And they, like, become good friends. Like, not romantic friends, but they just exchange numbers at the very end. And it's shot in black and white, and it's very tasteful. Maybe Jim Jarmusch is involved. I don't know. So that's one solution I have. Uh, Another idea I had is that in the post-Breaking Bad world, uh, Jesse drives to L.A. and he crashes on the couch of a talking horse voiced by Will Arnett. That's one idea I've had, but I think that might run into some legal issues. There's another one where Jesse goes into the forest to become a lumberjack, and he runs into Michael C. Hall, uh, who is nursing a deep, dark secret. And then you have the long-awaited Breaking Bad Dexter crossover that those of us have been waiting for forever can finally get us fanboys who have been putting that Dexter Breaking Bad fan fiction online. On a related note, if you would like access to my Dexter Breaking Bad fanfic, that can also be found on my SoundCloud. Good luck finding it, Goonies. Uh, and then my final idea for the for the Jesse Pinkman movie uh, is that Jesse completely turns his life around. There's no drugs involved at all. 
uh, he joins a youth league and he coaches an adolescent team of uh, softball players to the state championships against the evil rival softball coach played by Mark Wahlberg. Um, and also Miranda Cosgrove from iCarly and School of Rock is in it. Uh, it's actually a really good spec script. If anyone is interested, uh, I can send that to you. And that is also on my SoundCloud. Anyway, here's more tunes. Fire! 
of NoCo Gayo. My show is up next and you should check it out. We play killer music from killer artists in the LGBTQIA plus community. See you at seven. Welcome back listeners to Corbin versus the world. I am still your hero, Corbin David Alba. We are just wrapping up this episode here tonight. Thank you very much for joining me on this lovely episode. Join me again next week for another one at six o'clock mountain time. Those of you who are listening live, stay tuned for a new NOCO FM production of Gadio, a new exciting LGBTQ program that is going to air every week right after my show. So check that out, entertaining stuff there. But otherwise, thank you all for listening. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend, and I will catch you next week. Got a few more tunes for you. This is Q and not you. Have a wonderful weekend. Appreciate you.
Welcome to the Knockout Doctor Hour. I'm going to tell you about the time I beat the piss out of Salmonella for like 20 minutes with Muay Thai. I'm Knockout Doctor. I fuck up diseases. Punch them right in their dicks. This has been a production of NoCo FM.